a Lockheed TriStar takes off from New York in December 1972. Not long afterwards, it crashes into the Florida Everglades, killing over a hundred of its passengers and crew. What happened, and what can we learn about attention capture? Come on board as we discover the human factor. And welcome to this latest podcast in my series, The Human Factor, where we discuss aviation incidents and accidents, delving into what happened and seeing what we can take away from them, not just for aviation, but to other industries and the rest of our lives as well. My name is Katie and I'll be your host today. Today we look at Eastern Airlines Flight 401, a scheduled Lockheed TriStar service from New York to Miami that occurred on the 29th of December 1972. At the helm of Eastern Airlines Flight 401 was Captain Bob Loft, one of the most senior pilots at Eastern with a significant number of flying hours, nearly 30,000. Next to him was First Officer Albert Stockstill, himself with nearly 6,000 flying hours, and their flight engineer Don Repo, who had well over 15,000 flying hours. The TriStar was new to Eastern, and they'd only had this particular type of aircraft for about four months at this point, so none of the crew had more than a few hundred hours on type. Despite having limited experience on the TriStar itself, as previously noted, all of the crew did have a significant amount of flying experience, both in the civilian world and in the Air Force, and certainly couldn't be considered an experienced pilot. The aircraft left New York JFK Airport just after nine o'clock on uh, the evening of the 29th. And just over two hours later, at just past half past 11, it started making its approach towards Miami International Airport. As per standard operating procedures, the crew put the landing gear down. And this was where their first indication existed that there might be a problem. Normally when crew put the landing gear down, they'd expect to see a number of green lights to indicate that the gear is indeed down and locked. Unfortunately, the crew of Eastern Airlines Flight 401 didn't see all of the green lights they were expecting, and as a result were alerted to a problem. They recycled the gear, so took it up and put it back down again, in the hope that that would solve the problem. But it didn't, and one of the lights still indicated that the gear wasn't down and locked. As a result, of course, they couldn't continue the approach to Miami, So they broke off, spoke to air traffic control, and held at about 2,000 feet above the ground, trying to sort out the problem. This all happened at 23.35. And as they broke off the approach, the captain told the first officer, who had been pilot flying at this point, to engage the autopilot. The idea behind this being to take away a little bit of the workload and to increase their capacity. This was acknowledged and completed. The crew then set to work trying to work out what the problem was. The second officer was sent down into one of the bays just below the flight deck where there were some indications uh, visually of whether or not the gear was in fact down and locked. All of the crew were focused on whether or not the gear was working at this point. And the aircraft initially maintained level flight for just over a minute. 
It then dropped about 100 feet and flew level for a couple more minutes before starting a very, very gentle descent. So gentle that there was no physical perception of it. Although the instrumentation would, of course, have told the crew that there was something wrong. According to the cockpit voice recorder, at 23.40, a noise was heard in the flight deck. And this was the oral alert that indicated to the crew that the aircraft had deviated more than 250 feet from its selected altitude. So at this point it was below 1,750 feet. Nothing was heard to be said on the cockpit voice recorder. What was heard, however, was the crew still discussing what was going on. And one minute later, the air traffic controllers checked in to see how the crew were getting on and whether or not they'd solved the problem. The crew responded and said that they'd like to turn back towards the airport and make another approach. Yet one minute later, at 23.42, on the cockpit voice recorder, the first officer was heard to say, we did something to the altitude. We're still at 2,000 feet, right? The captain responded, confused about what was happening as well. And three seconds later, the radio altimeter started to warn them that they were getting very, very close to the ground instead. Indeed, so close that... Two seconds later, the aircraft crashed into the Florida Everglades. It was destroyed on impact, and 99 of the 176 passengers and crew on board were killed. But what really happened to Eastern Airlines Flight 401? After all, it was, frankly, a perfectly serviceable aeroplane. The big factor that we can take away from this particular incident is the concept of attention capture. A number of crew were focused on one very small thing. Now, to them at the time, it didn't feel very small because their perception of the situation was that the issue was that the landing gear was perhaps not down, which, of course, is going to result in some form of a crash. The reality, however, was quite different. The landing gear was down. The landing gear was perfectly serviceable. What wasn't serviceable was the light bulb that showed them that the gear was down. And all of the crew ended up focused on this one little thing, this one singular light bulb as it transpired. And none of them were flying the aeroplane. There's a mnemonic that's used in aviation an awful lot. Aviate, navigate, communicate. And fundamentally, the crew of Eastern Airlines Flight 401 didn't do the aviating bit. They did the navigating and communicating bit perfectly well. But if the aircraft isn't flyable... That's largely irrelevant. Had the TriStar crashed somewhere other than the Florida Everglades, indeed, the likelihood is that more people would have survived. Escape from the area was incredibly difficult. That said, again, this is almost irrelevant, because looking at what happened, we really need to focus on what we can learn from it. So how can we avoid a situation where everybody is focused on a problem that's happened, without considering the day-to-day running of whatever the rest of the system is, so in this instance, flying the aircraft. And something that aviators do very, very well these days is splitting their duties. In the event that something does go wrong, one individual will be tasked with flying the aircraft and communicating with air traffic control, as if everything is functionally normal, although they will still declare an emergency, whereas... The other crew member, or other crew members if there's more than two, 
will be tasked with uh, looking at the QRH, the Quick Reference Handbook, considering what options there are, trying to diagnose the problem, trying to fault find, all these things. So after Eastern Airlines Flight 401 and this concept of attention capture was considered, the idea of a division of labour really did come into force. And this is something that really can feed through into other industries. If a problem arises and all attention is focused on that problem, what's happening with the day-to-day running of your systems? If you're trying to solve one issue, perhaps you're inadvertently walking into a situation where other issues can develop. And considering that concept of attention capture and how easy it is for people to be sucked into looking at a problem, considering the division of labour is, is really quite important. Part of the reason that the aircraft crashed wasn't in fact that the autopilot wasn't doing its job, but there were some issues with this particular type of aircraft that while it held the altitude, you could uh, disengage it, you could adjust the altitude that it holds essentially by moving the control column and simply bumping into it was plenty. So when the crew were discussing what was going on and functionally not focusing on what they could see in front of them, it's more than possible that one of them had nudged the control column And this had resulted in that very, very slow descent. Bearing in mind, of course, that the crew didn't have a significant number of hours on the aircraft type, a lack of awareness of this system was perhaps unsurprising. One thing that's worth considering when we look at Eastern Airlines Flight 401 is that that division of labour, in order that somebody was monitoring the aircraft's flight path, while these days seems very obvious to us, was clearly not as obvious at the time. And indeed, the concept of CRM, of crew resource management, which is something that feeds into aviation an awful lot these days, and indeed into other industries, was only developed in the late 1970s. As an industry, we learn from incidents, from accidents, from a loss of life often. And Eastern Airlines Flight 401 was one of those incidents where people really did look at it and think... Well, how can we mitigate against nobody focusing on the flight path of the aircraft? How can we avoid this happening again? And lessons really have been learned. It can be incredibly easy in any industry when something occurs that's not expected, that's out of the ordinary, to go into solutionising mode, to focus on what's gone wrong, because after all, everything else is fine. But often as was the case with the Eastern Airlines crash. You only realise what other people are doing, or any people are doing, when they take their eye off the ball. If you're not monitoring all of your systems, it's incredibly easy for some of those to change, to go wrong, and you've ended up in a situation where one problem has inadvertently caused more. And as a result, having an individual, a group of individuals, whatever it happens to be, focused on keeping things on an even keel while any problems are being fixed is really important. Not only does it avoid attention capture, but it enables people to feel valued and feel like they are inputting something to the systems. And this division of labour cannot just be implicit. It has to be an explicit, okay, you're doing this, you're doing that whatever those tasks happen to be, making sure that people really are aware of what they're doing. 
In the case of Eastern Airlines Flight 401, it's entirely possible that the captain assumed that the first officer was flying the aircraft. And of course, to an extent, he was. But as his attention was focused on the problem, he wasn't monitoring the rest of the systems. Had that split, had that clarification of roles been a little bit more explicit, perhaps those 99 people would never have died. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in. And I'll be back next week with another episode. Please do like, follow, subscribe, whatever channel you get your podcasts on.